0: Now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, Spencer Shea. What up? Episode 200, baby. <laughs> at, at long last, we finally meet. Episode 200. Episode 200. We are here, and we have nothing to talk about.
1: No, that's the wind <laughs> share right
0: there. What do you
1: mean? That's the wind share right For there sure. at the For top sure. to the bottom. 200 episodes, man. I remember... I remember Alpha Media. I remember at Alpha Media Studios right. late night, damn near midnight. Yes. You and me yes. up in the booth editing down the very first episode of that show. Yes. And now here we are, what?
0: Six 200. years yeah. later? Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, it's twenty seventeen. It'll be six I mean, years in April. Yeah, nor March. It was. I think it was like March thirtieth or something. like, yeah, something late, like that. Late it was March. like late, late yeah. March mm-hmm. that uh, that we released the first episode of this podcast, and now we're at episode two hundred. <laughs> That's tight, man. It's been a I don't journey, even care, yo. bro. I, yeah, I
1: like it because you know podcasting has become pretty, you know, uh, it's hip to the point of being like passé. Yeah, very quickly the fact that it did. There's, I mean, how many podcasts are Live right now, like it's, it's hundreds got, of millions or something? It, hundreds
0: of thousands, hundreds for sure. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Hundreds yeah. Of thousands. It's, getting to, it's getting to that million point, though. That's a lot of just people gabbing. Yeah. Talking people gabbing. <laughs>
1: We've done quite a bit of it ourselves. We've done quite market. a bit
0: of, bit of it ourselves, I was for thinking sure.
1: Of, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, all right, so we keep doing the podcast, you know, same program. And if at some point, like, it becomes bigger, I wonder, like... I was thinking today, I was like, is there anything back, like, in backlogged episodes, I've said some, like, wild shit. Probably. I, you know? Probably. I mean, definitely. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. know. It's
0: something we can get canceled for over 200 it's episodes. It's gotta be, dude. <laughs> it's, it's gotta, gotta it's be, It's something out there for us to get canceled Sheer for. odds are in yeah, yeah. our favor. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but no, nah, man, it's dope. Just like, you know, and... I mean, how do you feel about it? You, you're. This is your thing. This is your child. Beyond, I think it's... Uh, more of a sentimental connection just from the timing of it because today is also my last day in my 20s. So when you all hear this episode, we're recording it on a Wednesday. Happy birthday. Usually it's on Thursday. So when you all hear this episode Thursday, January 12th, it will be my 30th birthday. So with that said, with me exiting my 20s and at the same time reaching episode 200 of this podcast, it just feels like there's new ground to break now. Like, we put in a lot of work with this podcast. And I'll be honest with you, I tell people all the time, like, for me, this podcast, like, let's just take it back to the beginning of why the podcast was even created. Um, obviously y'all know I got a a, a crazy background in media, but in particular radio, that was my introduction to the profession of 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 media, sports media, journalism. You name it. And I was going to Pacific University. I did the internship with John Canzano with the BFT. And as I'm doing that internship, the internship was successful. And in that moment, it was one of those internships that was not only successful just based on, like, sheer performance, but it was also successful because, for me, I was able to determine this is what I actually want to do, especially being that I'm coming, I'm graduating college I'm done with my basketball career. I'm finishing up my basketball career, and I obviously could have considered trying to play overseas, but we know what kind of a grind that is. But the fact that I was able to find something that I was passionate about equally in a
1: second.
0: <laughs> I probably would. Back then I would have for sure, but you know, today I I might be a little bit smarter about it. But, but but with that being said, it's like for me to be able to find a passion, because a lot of people, especially when you have played sports all your life and you've been able to play to the point of finishing and completing your career at a four year level, like a lot of people just don't do that with those dreams and aspirations. And so a lot of people don't understand when you get to that point and you're at that crossroads of like, all right, being a student athlete is no longer an option for me. I have to jump into a career. I have to jump into a profession. And the fact that I was able to still be around sports the way that I was, but also do something actively within sports that I enjoyed as as a broadcaster, essentially, Like, I was all in after that internship experience. So, first off, I'm grateful for that, Mm. that I was able to have that internship experience. And then from there, and obviously, if you've listened to to 200 episodes of this podcast, you know some of this backstory, but it's I'm going to tell it anyway because it's episode 200 of the podcast. From there... It's a celebration, but... From there, I'll never forget the last week of my internship with John Canzano. I was a production intern. So, at the time... Kinzano, now he's like out of his home studios or something like that. But at the time you got two production studios and then the host studio. So we all can see each other through a glass window and we can communicate with each other through the technology obviously that we had at the station. But Konzano called me from the host studio or from the production studio into the host studio where he obviously does his radio show or did his radio show daily, and so he calls me in there and he's just like, "Man, you know, this is your last week. The the it's you know things have been very successful. What is it that you want to do? Like you had a successful internship. Like I want to help you basically going forward. I believe in your ability to have a career and sustain a career in this space, and so." I'm a straight shooter about it. I say, "Kenzano, I want your job. (laughs) Like I want to be the host of my own show. Like I want to have a show. I want to be the host of a show. Like that's what I want to do. And kudos to him. He took me step by step through the process of basically how to get it done. And obviously this is before I have any sound bites. This is before I have you know, really any experience. This is before I have really a resume in this space. And he's like, you got to do a demo. So I come back and I still had another semester of school to complete prior to actually jumping into working at, at this station because I was a transfer student for one and I switched majors. So I had to do an extra semester, you know, beyond like my playing time, the time that I was playing ball. So, I'm going to Alpha Studios during that final semester of school, and I'm getting access through, you know, friends that I've obviously grown relationships with via that internship. And I'm doing demos. I did, I remember my homegirl Akiva, I did a demo with her. Malika Andrews, I did a demo with her. And we were trying to get this show and get this demo to the high execs. It was Scott Mahalik at the time, who was the senior VP at Alpha Media. And I'm trying to get this demo together. I'm trying to submit this show to him. And in an attempt to submitting the show to him, I never really got word back from him as far as me having a show, which now, at the time, it hurt. It was a little painful, to be quite honest with you. But now that I'm 30 years old, it makes a little bit more sense that why would he give this young college kid who's done pretty much nothing – and solely just basically off the word of a very successful radio host in John Canzano, but still, why am I going to give this kid a top, a top 25 market yeah. full-time show? Like, it just doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? And so from there, this is the fall of 2016, and I never heard nothing throughout that semester, knowing that the semester's nearing gets in. I got to find a job and get into the profession. And I knew I was able to get a job there, but it was like an entry-level job. I was a board operator. And so I still knew that I wanted to be in that space, though, so I did just that. I never got the show, but I became a board operator. And so Malika Andrews, obviously, is in her senior year of college, and Malika gets the internship with uh, the James Reston Fellowship with the New York Times, and her and I had already submitted this demo. I'm like, congratulations. You're definitely going to take the the James Reston Fellowship over doing a radio show with me that we ain't even really heard no response back from here in Portland. You want to be the first guest on my podcast? Because I'm going to just turn this thing into a podcast at this point. And the first episode was Malika Andrews, who's obviously doing her thing, having a lot of success over at ESPN. And from there we started the podcast and you know we we got to it and again you mentioned us being at alpha media and starting the podcast at the alpha media studios i end up landing a radio show 3 months after this podcast launch this podcast actually was my audio, it was was my tape, tape. (laughs) you know what I mean, to be able to submit to the station when I ended up landing the show. Shout out to uh, Marcus from Portland Gear, the owner of Portland Gear, Marcus Harvey. I just interviewed him up at the Alpha Studios for this podcast, and the very next day after I interviewed him, the station's going through a big transition, and the opportunity is there for me to get this show that I'd been pushing for fortunately i pushed for it they needed some some tape from me right there in the moment man check out this interview i just did with marcus harvey he's got portland gear one of the best local grassroots brands if you will in the city obviously well connected with the blazers so on and so forth i sold it (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i sold that episode in particular and i had Kanzano, who's still backing me and who's still recommending me to them, like, hey, I, I believe he can get it done. They paired me with Justin Myers, and we had the Justin and Devon show for six months. And so that entire time that I was doing the Justin and Devon show, I was still recording this podcast out of the Alpha Studios <clears throat> as well. Yeah. And then the Justin and Devon show gets laid off. We get fired. We get escorted I out of too. the Pac West Center. And when that happens— I never had no equipment. I didn't have no studio equipment because I launched my podcast at a radio station where I had access to all of this equipment. So the podcast was very, very inconsistent. Like, I'm scrambling to try to just get an episode out there. It's like taking me weeks at a time to be able to record episodes and get them out there. So that's why, obviously, it's been six years to get to 200, but this is just a journey that we kind of been through with the pod. And so I'm doing that. I'm maybe dropping an episode a month, but because of what this podcast did for me in regards to me being able to land that radio show, and also because of the fact that I no longer had a a show platform as an employee the podcast was always there for me to rely on and lean back on, even if it was only once a month. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like I had nothing else. Yeah, I got into some of the live game broadcasting. Shout out to my 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 uh, my alma mater, Pacific University. But it's like I got into that. That's a little different than doing talk radio every day, being a play-by-play guy. Or at the time, I started off as colored air. And doing, being a, 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 a full-time... Talk show hosts is two completely different things. But again, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I knew broadcasting was the space that I wanted to be in. And I knew if all else fails, and at the time, all else was failing, the only platform that I had to be able to say my piece, continue to get my reps. And do what it is that I wanted to do was the wake up and win podcast. So this podcast is is a staple for like my life story, my career story, not just the stories that it is that we cover. And so this podcast like, it's like a live as you go documentary for sure. It's what it is. It's For like sure. an as
1: you go documentary. For sure. And what I appreciate about the podcast the most is like it's so funny because I was listening to Draymond Green show again
0: yesterday. <laughs> you're a fan. I am. You talked all You're a fan. Now listen. This
1: episode. <laughs> this episode he was redeemed in a way because he had Stephen A. on. Okay. So Stephen okay. A. just put the whole show on his on his back yeah, and walk
0: because he's like because he's like that he's that he's that dude. But even
1: him, he was talking about his new show, No Mercy. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I just want to let you know it's a new thing I'm doing. You know, Stephen A. goes, I'm I'm trying to cover culture, I'm trying to cover politics, I'm yeah. trying to cover sports. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like the show I've been doing with my boy, you know, my yeah. boys show that we've been doing for years. And that was the coolest thing about it is now because podcasting is so ubiquitous, and then also. And in, in the sports world, like using that as a gateway, yeah. it comes into this. Everyone's doing the you know, cross sections of sports yeah, and politics yeah, yeah, yeah. and culture. But yeah. that's what this show, Wake Up and Win Podcast, has been since the very beginning.
0: Absolutely. And it's
1: because it's what you wanted to do. Now I see everyone going like, well, I'm gonna do this now, but it's like it's not what you were thinking about.
0: No. at all. And 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 I think the Until time recently. I think the time that really like exposed that for most, especially if you just look at it from my career trajectory, was in 2020 when we had everything going on with George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? We had the protests going on. Like that moment in time, this podcast played a huge role. Obviously, some of the work that I do with Street Roots as well. And just, you know, the experience that I've gained over the years doing this, but this podcast in particular always kept it to where the voice that I wanted to have, that I knew I might not always be able to have working for somebody else, I'll be able to keep that voice. And I feel like, you know, when you mention somebody like a Stephen A, who's just now getting into podcasting and as successful as he's been in the broadcast space, to me... This is the happiest he's been, and this is the place that he's always wanted to be when it comes to using his voice, because Stephen A is great at doing what he has to do to keep a job and to stay employed. He's also just really talented to where he's been able to do it at the highest of levels, so I'm not taking that away from him. But that sort of stick-to-sports stick, if you will, I knew that it was on its way out. It was on its way out. And again, that time period from 2017 to 2020 and me being willing to take the risk that early in my career to talk about sports in a political way, because in my view, sports are inherently political. A lot of people who are having the highest of success in this space weren't particularly doing that just yet no. and, or they were just starting to do it at that time well they were doing it forcibly like if like when it came right. they danced around it right. and everyone was sort of and it's like that's out right this podcast has always kept it to where I was able to stay true to my voice. And the forefront and, of it and and, and and I'm appreciative of that yeah. because, again, I work in the university space. I work in the NCAA space. I've worked in, you know, it's radio space. I, I do a lot of TV hits. Like, doing all of those things, you can lose your voice and the authenticity of your voice easily because you're trying to adapt to the look or you're trying to adapt to, To the medium, if you will, and making sure that you're doing the right thing for said medium that you're on, where this podcast has always allowed me to kind of stay firm and grounded with my voice and who I am and being willing to take those risks going to these particular mediums and not being scared to do so, because that's what I had to do. In the beginning, when I first got the radio show, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had to take my authentic voice, something I care about, who I was as a person, and the connection I was obviously able to make in in, in that particular moment, Marcus Harvey, and say, look, this is what I'm bringing to the sports world and this is me, this is my voice, this is who I am, this ain't Blazers, this ain't Ducks, but it is all of that. We can, we can turn it into all of that, you know, especially with that brand in particular and the connections that it has to sports here in the market, but it's like – My gateway doesn't have to be as a sports reporter for GoDucks.com for me to get here. You know what I'm saying? My gateway could be me telling the cool stories and sharing the cool stories and the stories that I think are dope and are interesting that a lot of people, as you mentioned, tiptoe around. And I'm bringing it straight to you. So for me, that's just the formula at this point. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Where For somebody like Stephen A., It's the reverse. It's like, I'm going to do what I got to do to stay in radio. I'm going to do what I got to do to stay at ESPN. I'm going to do what I got to do to keep a job. And now he's at the point where he feels he has the freedom enough to go into this podcasting space and use the voice that he has in the way that he sees fit and not the way that the medium that he works for or even its, its consumers see fit. So I'm grateful that I didn't have that sort of backwards journey of having to try to fit the mold of a medium before and just betting on myself having success doing that where there's really kind of a small chance of having success doing that anyway and then ultimately finding my voice 30 years down the road. So yeah, this podcast was significant for that, man. It's very significant for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just like I said, I, and I have been rocking with it the entire time because I I believe in that, you know, and yeah. so that's why I'm just like, oh, you need somebody that to... I got you, bro. For sure. You for know? sure.
0: And again, I've been through all that. I've had four or five different people come yeah. in and co-host it with me. And yeah. it's just, you know, you were you were the first person, honestly, that was just consistent with it. And that's all uh-huh. I really asked for. Like, yeah. I'll do the heavy lifting. It's my show. My name's on the show. So right. I the show must go on and I gotta carry it regardless. But it's like It's always cool to have somebody that you can kind of bounce ideas and thoughts off of, especially somebody with the similar interests you have. But then just show up, bro, because I'm built for it. I'm going to keep coming back, even if it is like it was where I'm doing it once a month, sporadically. I'm doing these sporadic episodes. But I always knew, regardless of the timeline being inconsistent from episode to episode, I'll be back to do another episode. And that's how we got to 200. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to a point where I could consistently record. I had my own studio and was producing the podcast out of my own studio. And then I just got to a point where the gigs kept rolling in and I got too busy to be producing my own podcast. So now here I am at Momentum Studios where I can come in, hop right on the mic, say what I gotta say, and go because I might have a game an hour after I'm done recording here so I don't have time to do production shit and to be trying to produce a podcast that I just had to host and record and prep for and all those things so it's like I'm fortunate to be in a space now where the gigs are coming in left and right. I'm 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 very busy and very stable in the business and I can just come in, record a podcast real quick and keep it moving yeah. <laughs> because there's more to do. But I'll never let I'll never get rid of this podcast, man. It's just it's a part of me, it's a part of my identity, it's a part of me growing up, you know what I mean? Again, again tying it into my birthday turning 30 year like this is a significant part of my 20s. And I'm gonna make it a significant part of my 30s. <laughs> right. Like that's coming, that's coming with me from my 20s to right. my some things I will leave behind. I was a wild boy in my 20s too. I got, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've done a thing or two, but you know, I'm gonna try to leave that behind. But I won't leave this podcast behind going into the uh, Yeah, we're just now starting to get the hang of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's I the mean, thing, really. and that's why I said this, it feels like Ground, being at 200 feels like we're breaking ground or we're kind of breaking this glass ceiling into this new space and just this new elevation. And even just the alignment, because it's so unplanned. Obviously I already mentioned episode 200 being on my 30th birthday, but I also think about the alignment of professionally. This is year five for me at street roots, me working at street roots, This is year five for me working at Portland State and me doing the in-game broadcasting. This is year five for, you know, the podcast and, like, just professionally everything aligned where it's like going into my 30s. I have five-plus years experience in all of these spaces, and now the dreams or whatever it is that I want to pursue, like, I don't just have the confidence in my ability to pursue these things, but I also have the confidence in my resume and in what I've done (laughs) to be able to say I deserve to be in whatever position I want to be in. You know what I'm saying? So it's like just the alignment of all of this and just the journey's path that I couldn't have predicted and that I had to learn on the go. And here I am now and just – all these things are just aligning time-wise where it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's another level to take this podcast and just my career at large. And, again, I feel like entering my 30s is the time to do that. So it, we're in a good space, man. I'm glad I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad it's all aligning and working out that way. A hundred more coming, at least.
1: hundred more at coming, least. at least. Yeah, yeah we're going to keep the ball rolling. You saw the boys last night, huh? I did. Or the other night, I guess. I, I did. What
0: well, said. before that, I do got a couple – more wind shares, I guess. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, this weekend, I'll be at Portland State on my 30th birthday. Here we go again. On uh, my 30th birthday, it'll be on ESPN+. They'll be playing against Northern Arizona at home. You can come out to the Viking Pavilion, obviously, if you're here local in Portland. Um, you can also watch us on ESPN+. Plus. So, um. yeah, y'all support me, man. It's my 30th birthday. Go ahead and get that ESPN Plus subscription and watching me tune in on my 30th birthday, doing what it is I love to do. I'm grateful for that, too. Um. And then Friday, we'll both be at Pacific University. It'll be um, Pacific Boxers Women and Men taking on University of Puget Sound Women and Men. And I'm not going to sit here. It's conference play. Every game matters. But I'm not going to sit here and act like of the... Four games that I have to broadcast this week, the marquee game will be Pacific University women against University of Puget Sound women. They're both undefeated in conference play thus far. Um, you know, both 4-0 and in conference play. Puget Sound was picked in the conference preseason polls to finish in first place in the conference this year. Pacific was picked third. They both beat the team already that was picked second in the preseason conference polls, and now they get to go against each other head-to-head for the first time this season. And these are two teams that faced off in the conference tournament last year in the conference semi conference tournament semifinal game. And it's only four teams that make it at that level, so it's not like it's a bunch of rounds. <laughs> but anyway, um, they played against each other, and they battled it out. And, Pacific, and Pacific squeaked won. it out and one on the road at Puget Sound. So there's a little bit of tension between these two programs beyond just the success each of them are having. Like, there's kind of a little rivalry brewing here between these two programs based on their success and just based on how things have lined up and the times that they've had to face off with each other. So it'll be an absolute battle, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be a sick game because students are just now starting to leak
1: back onto campus a little bit. It's not going to be like... You Know the fanfare at full, you know, yeah. expectancy, but it'll be good. I think people are going to be in there to watch, everyone's intrigued. Staff, uh, the men obviously play as well, they're looking to bounce back off of a two game skid. Uh, the wits took care of business and they were in Washington over this last weekend, yeah, and for sure. And so, you know, it'll be fun, man. You got to come <coughs> check out those games. I've been telling people, I was talking to somebody today, they're like, you know, because I don't really play music as much anymore. They're like, I'm like, yeah, I'll be doing sports broadcasting. They go, Oh, how do I how do I listen to it? I'm like, well, you gotta go and check it. It's D three. Yeah. You know, go to the school website. Check right. it out. It's not like you're gonna like it's not yeah. gonna be on the speakers at the Mac stop. You know right, what I'm right, I'm like, go right, check right, it right, out. right, so right, right, right. Go, go boxers.com, go
0: baby. Go boxers.com. Go and check it out and we'll be on the call together for both of those games. And then Saturday, I'm back on the call at Portland State. Um, they play against Northern Colorado that game will be on ESPN Plus as well. So you can tune in to me on ESPN Plus on my birthday or Saturday. You can tune in to me on GoBoxers.com on Friday. And then I'll also be DJing, kind of DJing, Saturday night at Tube. So for those that want to come out and celebrate me for my 30th birthday, that will be like my official event. Um, I'll, I'll do a bit of a DJ set there, but I'll also be alongside my guy DJ Frenchy um, he's gonna carry the load a bit for me because I am gonna be celebrating my 30th birthday and I wanna be able to not be in work mode the entire time and I wanna celebrate people who come out and support me and want to celebrate my 30th birthday with me. So I'm definitely excited about that and it'll be it'll be a busy weekend, but it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. Yeah, I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me been too. Busting down, Me bro. too. I went to the game last yeah, night. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I got to see the Blazers lose to the Magic. The Blazers do not look good right now. No, they don't.
1: And, and and I think it's more than just, oh, well they're young and they have a the worst bench in the league by far. I think that there's some like You know, I mean, dude, it's tough, bro. It's, it's the season, is, the NBA season is tough. I was we were talking about uh uh, Paolo Banchero today a little bit and um the kid is he's big and he comes in and he's getting ready to you know he's putting up like LeBron, Carmelo, Luca type numbers yeah. here in his <clears throat> rookie season but it's like he's still 20 years old he ain't never played 82 games in a season no you know what I'm saying so yeah. a lot of these young guys it's like yeah that's something to get used to Something to get used to.
0: It's something to get used to. And, you know, I was sitting and I was watching a game and I was watching Dame last night. And obviously Dame is still that dude. Like Dame is still. Yeah, that monster dunk. he's, he's, He's still an MVP caliber player. Like straight up. This is no knock at Dame what I'm about to say. But I've been watching Dame a lot over the years. And he's not getting any younger, yo and And it's it's something we got so accustomed to Dame being so great for so long and having so many heroics. and he's probably still have, he still has so much more left in the tank. But that's not necessarily what you want to rely on anymore, in my opinion. you're you're glad to have the security of it of knowing. At all times, I got Damian Lillard, but for a long time, that was the identity of Portland Trailblazer basketball. And yes, he's breaking scoring records, and again, yes, he can go off and he can do all of the great things that Dame could still do. I'm not saying he doesn't have plenty left in the tank. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is at some point, LeBron needed an Anthony Davis. I mean, we could talk about all the players LeBron has needed to win a championship throughout his career. But just like, just realistically speaking, at some point, he needs somebody else to just consistently step up and that can say, I got this at any given moment. And as good as Jeremy Grant is, as good as Anthony Simons is becoming, they're not that dude. And it's like... I'm even watching CJ from the standpoint was the of, closest like, CJ was definitely the closest thing. He could tell Dame to get out the way and just do it himself. And, again, Jeremy can do it at times, but not all the mm-hmm. time. Simons can do it at times, but he's still got a little ways to go. And, Dame, like, he's not Logo Lillard anymore. Like we're not really seeing Dame launch from half court like well, it's got also a not February
1: and March yet when he needs to dig us out of
0: absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying again thousand I'm not- foot holes. Which I- he does. He does. And again, I'm He's not. Done that I'm for not a decade, saying he though. doesn't have it any. Like yeah. I want to be clear, I'm not saying that he doesn't have it any. I'm saying. It's father time. It's nothing against him or anything that he's doing. He's not going to be able to do that for 82 games a season anymore. That's what I'm saying. Right. You need somebody in the regular season, especially in particular, that can take on the load and allow Dane to be a vet. Make sure everybody's in the right place. Make sure everybody's doing the right things. Make sure everybody is getting better and he's making sure he's getting his teammates better so they can be prepared for battle at the biggest stages. But he, in particular, can't be carrying that regular season load through and through. And then you expect him to drop bombs in the playoffs because that's just who the guy is and that's who he's been. It's like... Nah, man. He he can't be carrying a regular season load like that anymore and be expecting to win a championship. It's just not yeah. realistic at this point. And that's what I'm – like I, the transverse
1: side of the rookies hitting a wall to a certain extent, that, that, that does happen with these veteran sort of aging guys. And when you go and you look at constructions of rosters – Obviously, I'm mainly talking about the Golden State Warriors because they've won so many recently. Uh But they've always had a really nice balance of like, here's some young guys that are coming up and some old guys at the level where they can still whatever. But then you go look at Golden State, even they're falling victim to that where it's like they got a lot of young guys who are not really prepared yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. the old guys don't have the stamina anymore to, to do it for 82 games it, and, to, and to do, to do pick it 100 up their plus slack, games yeah and 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 that sort of thing
0: so that's what i'm saying
1: and that's and i mean i know this is a hard cut segue but that's why Le- a guy like lebron james is so great yeah because he has the mental you know fortitude to be able to keep his body at a, at a supreme level which all superstars are able to do but he also has had the ability to drag teams that had no business to be in. I mean, in a lot of ways, 2018 Cavs really didn't have much of a business to be in the finals. He's done it so many times. And it's the mental thing yeah. that that when you get to that point, where you start to see guys like even Steph or a Dame, wherever you go, man, this guy's like early to mid 30s. And it's like, there's the slippage. There's the slippage. But then
0: And it's not slippage. And, and I want to be clear. It's, it's the, not the reason slippage, why I it's said, just
1: too much of a gap to overcome.
0: Yeah, it's not even that I think it's more so I think it's not even that it's slippage because I still think they could play at the top of their games right now. Like I think Dame more in particular but, LeBron but, but they still can give you thirty of blah, course, blah, blah. but like, at a given time they can still play at the top right. of their game right but now. But you
1: can't play that game when but you're you trying can. to get to the the postseason number one. Right. right.
0: And, and if you don't and, have you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like and you need the support to not burn out. Like we all burn out in our jobs and in the work that right, we do. And right. that like that's not mm-hmm. even I'm not even speaking about sports and athletics anymore. It's yeah. like like we all deal with burnout anybody mm-hmm. that knows what it's what it's like dealing with burnout, burnout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like anybody knows what it's like to burn out in anything you know burnout doesn't mean that you can't perform at your best anymore or that you have now all of all of a sudden gotten to your worst you just have hit uh, you, it's just you've exceeded and you've done so much extra and you've gone over and beyond far too many times almost unfairly like like usually if we're being unfair. usually it's usually, usually unfairly. it's unfairly yeah. that you've gotten to this point of burnout that now here you are because you know, you burned out, and it's just—it's just human nature. It's not just a basketball thing. You could be working in the tech world and burn out. You could be working in a kitchen, a, a nonprofit, and work out a kitchen and burn out. You can be working anywhere and burn out. So again, I don't want to call it slippage per se. I more so want to call it burnout. And what I'm seeing is right. a team Fair that what I'm seeing is a team that if these other guys don't figure out ways to win without Dame having to do heroics in the regular season, he's going to burn out and we're going to be having the same conversations in April that we have every April because this team can't make it out of the first round or whatever round it is or May, April, May. Sometimes they make it out of the first round, but sometimes they get swept in the first round. You just never really know. But what we ain't going to be talking about is this team being a contender for anybody's championship. You need Dame not to burn out for this team to be in a championship space. And right now, the position they're putting themselves in, he's going to have to have a crazy late January, February like he always does going into the All-Star break for this team to... Get back to a point and, and sorry, but that's just not the point that I you mean, want him to be playing his best basketball. It's not like it's
1: that there's that big of a gap in between, you know, third through tenth or something. I mean, there's there, look, there's plenty. There's plenty of meat on the boat for plen- anybody to go get it.
0: Absolutely. But there's also but that also means that also means anybody can go get it or anybody could drop to the bottom of the barrel real right. quick. Right. And if you ain't winning games and you're finding yourself in a slump like this team is doing, they're dropping to the bottom real quick. And you're still going to have to climb through some stuff to get to a place that You want to be. So it's like, yes, while there's still plenty of season left and there's plenty of time for them to turn this thing around, and quite frankly, I do think they have the assets to be able to do that. I do too. I I believe they do. I believe they do still. I'm not giving up on this team by no means. I'm not doing any yet. What I'm saying is don't burn the guy out. You see it? Don't burn him out. (laughs) Like, just don't burn him out because if you burn him out, (laughs) I, you, I don't see the chance you have at being able to to make a deep playoff run. Forget a championship, yeah, just a deep playoff. I run. don't. I don't see you getting a chance to
1: even get into the play, like get through the play in, because Dame has that uncanny ability that if it's one game, yeah. and he's on the court, you got. I trust that he is going to win that game individually over pretty much anybody else in the league. In, in in a lot of cases, yes. because I've yeah, seen most it clutch
0: player, so front.
1: many yeah. times, and it's a it's a shame too. It's a shame that this is the first year that they're doing that clutch performer of the year yeah. award. Yeah, which for the last decade, it's. it's I been mean, him. you can argue that Damian Lillard is the inception of the idea to have that award. Anyway, I agree. I agree. And he ain't gonna win it. Yeah. So that sucks. But it's like, how do you you know you reward a guy? You reward a guy you exactly you reward a guy by not letting him get burnt out by helping him yeah by helping him
0: helping him he needs to help dude (laughs) it's so
1: easy bro like when you're when you're a young kid you know in your 20s it's so easy to be like i got this and just do it yeah and then i mean i'm even now you know just you know barely in my 30s so it's like i'm noticing now where i'm like oh yeah all of those times that i got it yeah, and I started get me Starting a little bit. Starting
0: to get me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah what I am mean? yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. got low was, key. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I just in my back and my shoulders and stuff like that. And so, it's very important to ask for help.
0: It's the evolution of the human experience. Yeah. It's very important to, to ask for. Add, help. You
1: got to have that help. You got to have dude, it because
0: gotta have we live in a world
1: where it is it is way more strenuous to live I, on like a psychological level. I think. And physically, it's just as tough. I mean, it's as tough as it's ever been, really. Like, and it feels like the world's going faster. There's less time and more work to do. And so, just you know, getting the help from like people and asking, like, "Yo, I need you to pick up the slack and, for real." And I can't can just—I can't that swallow my pride here. Exactly, I can't you can swallow see my he pride. He wore it here.
0: all over his face last night. He mm-hmm. wore it all over his face in moments where, in moments where he made the plays that he should usually be able to celebrate, he didn't. I think that's key. Even huh. when he dunked on the guy, like, he basically just turned around and ran back on defense. He might have made a little bit of a – but he didn't, you know what I mean? Like, he – like, oh, I dunked on him. I know I just dunked on him. But, shit, I got to get back on defense because we're down. Whatever You know what yeah. I mean? To the magic right now. I can't, I can't even be excited about the exciting plays that I make because – We're scratching and clawing against the Magic right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were shots he made where it's like, I can't go back and celebrate after this. And then when they lost the game, he wore it all over his face. It was a point I seen Casey Holdall, the Blazers reporter, tweet, Dame is fed up. Like, you could see. He wore it yesterday. Mm. He wore it yesterday. And it's like... Okay. Because he understands, like, if we don't turn this thing around quick, I, I could burn out, and if I burn out, we have no chance. Okay, and
1: I was thinking about this, bro, because I, you know, I, I I don't participate. I'm on the very fringe of Blazer Twitter, but I I watch, I see what these fools are talking about. Yeah, and I'm noticing, and it's been this way for a minute. But you know, with the Chauncey Billups thing, yeah, and everyone's going, well, is this? We should be off this experiment. Blah 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 blah, and then. I, you know, I'm always very reticent to to jump down that rabbit hole of like, yeah, let's, you know, grab our, you know, uh, pitchforks and try to run this guy out of town or whatever. like yeah, an yeah, ogre. Yeah, 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 And it's like he's just a man trying to do his job. But he did say something last night and he was just like, yeah, you know, some uh, there is a slow. I, I do feel a slump. I can't exactly pinpoint it. And it's like, isn't that kind of like really your only job? as a coach and a coaching staff is to be able to pinpoint some of the more like esoteric you know uh uh you know complexities of your team to be yeah. like i know this guy managing egos managing personalities managing groups of people that's what you are that's what you should be doing in any job a manager isn't the one that does any of the real work but he should be the one that Understands his, you know, his the people that he works for, and tries to get them to become a cohesive unit. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold this man's feet to the fire over something innocuous like that
0: just yeah, yet, for sure. But I am, I'm, I've, I've clocked that last night. I, 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 like, I huh. think it's okay to clock, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big of a that big of a deal that he said that I, they have some figuring out to do. Clearly, so if, if he had the answers. They wouldn't but, be going through what they're going through, but so.
1: they do. You know, it's like at some point, it's like the guys have to do part of that part. You know what I mean? Like they, they you can lead they, a horse to water type thing. You know,
0: they they have to do that part. But but my thing too is is like this is this is still relative. The Blazers didn't have Dame last year. Like what he was able to implement helping Anthony Simons become a star, that's not the role Anthony Simons can play now with Damian Lillard back on the floor. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, Dame is that dude that you still have to – his whole scheme last year was not centered around Dame because Dame wasn't available. So it's like with Dane being out the majority of the year and them dealing with all the injuries that they dealt with the majority of last season and now this year having to change everything up that you were able to start to implement last year because you didn't have this superstar available to you, now you got to switch schemes up on both sides of the ball (laughs) to to accommodate for the fact that he's got to be on the floor. He's got to take 20 plus shots. He's got to bring the ball up the floor. He's got to have the ball in his hands. So now Ant, who was my guy and I was able to kind of just let him freestyle and gain his confidence doing what he wanted with the rock. He's got to play off ball now. Now you got, you know what I mean? Now I got insert Jeremy Grant into the situation. I got an all-star caliber player here. How much, Do I lean into that? All right. How much do I lean into that? Because at the end of the day, yeah, we can clearly see that Jeremy Grant is a good player. And really, he's an all-star caliber player. But – Do I ride him to the point where I'm making him a guaranteed all-star? But what does that take from anybody else? Or do I allow him to kind of find his role and find his niche where he's comfortable, where I just know I can consistently get good games out of him every night without him kind of going through some of the turbulence that everybody has to go through that's carrying that big of a load? And so I I do think it's— He's got figuring out to do because the complexity of this season in comparison to last season is completely different, and and I, they just haven't figured it out yet. So
1: where do they end up in the playoff picture if you had to peg it right now?
0: I think they'll be a playing team, and and I think they can make it. Like I think I think they'll be probably six tops, which gets you above the playing line, but seven eight. I could see yeah, them be like seven, a seven eight. Seven, eight. You know what I mean, 7-8, and and obviously that means one of the only two spots you're going to be able to get is 7 or 8, and I think this is the season where it don't really matter that much where you seed in the playoffs because the Western Conference is so wide open. Obviously, you want home court, but as far as like having a legitimate chance at beating your opponent, seeding seems kind of irrelevant in the Western Conference in particular this year because I think anybody can be beaten in that conference. And I think everybody still has a chance in that conference. It only really
1: matters toward the top because of the home court advantage thing. But, you know, again anybody can get it look the you, warriors you last you can take home court advantage
0: night. right back with one win yep. on that road you know what i'm warriors saying like lost <laughs> last
1: night to phoenix
0: you could take that advantage in a matter of a game and like you said earlier if i got damian lillard on the floor i believe i can go steal one game on the road if it's one game <laughs> if it's one game but, but I'm you got always two chances bet on i'm damian damian always lillard. bet him to be able to win one of them so
1: i can't bet on him to win a playoff series cuz he's gotten swept in a lot of
0: but that's just cuz it's like you ain't got no help yeah yeah, Man. yeah, he's got to—and that, 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 again, I, 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 again, I don't want to say he doesn't have no help. I, I think it's more so, again, they have to figure out what that help looks like with him being the centerpiece. Like, I still think Ant can go off night after yeah, night. Yeah, you have to— But having to share the sugar like he has to with well, Dan well. now, that looks different night to night. So how do I get— my pieces to be able to help him on a consistent basis, where everybody is playing at the best of their ability, what? instead of trying to adjust around him as the centerpiece and not giving him the help he actually needs to win. I, I think
1: that the answer potentially, that, I mean, it sucks because it's like you said, he's aging. But uh, I think the answer there lies in like having Anthony Simons do a, a, you know, take a little bit more stretches of him taking the ball up the floor trying to t- play Dame off the ball. You got big rangy wing guys that can, like, move around, set screens. You can free Dame up and get him catch-and-shoot looks, especially early because if he gets a rhythm, then that's when he becomes Logo Lillard. He starts stepping further out further yeah. out and further out. And then when he's that far out, Game over because it's too much space for yeah. him to operate. And when you lose that step, you start getting crammed up in the lane because it's he, like, ah.
0: He just it. never has had that in his game, not because he doesn't have the ability or the the IQ to have it in this game, but he's just never had the freedom to be able to do that.
1: Look, either that or, like I've been saying for a very long time, you get rid of Nurkic and you put a starting center there that's competent that can play above the rim on a consistent level. Because if you watch Damian Lillard pick and roll action with Yusuf Nurkic, the most valuable tool that they have in that scheme is a bounce pass in the pocket to Nurkic. Yeah. Nurkic is not a very good ball handler, whether it's, Really close to his legs, or not. He just can't handle the ball. For sure. Without not having that option for Damian Lillard to throw up a lob. Yeah. It takes away so much yeah. now. Now, if I see that man put his arm above his head and the ball is in his hand, I know for a fact that that's a shot.
0: Yeah. So I'm yeah. just
1: gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive on Damian. I'm not worried about a lob threat because I know Nurkic ain't, getting, ain't up getting, off off getting up off the
0: ground. Yeah, for sure.
1: And it's just like that aspect of that because because they rely on that pick and roll so much, and it's like the fact that he's been able to, to have as much success with Nurkic in that scheme for speaks to time, how good he how is. good of a passer he is, which yeah. I think is an incredibly un rate part of his game yeah but it's just like I, i've been saying that shit for a long time and obviously i don't they don't pay me to, to to hear my opinions about the game but i mean i feel like if they did it's like you, you know it's it's the problem with it's the problem with portland man it's just the loyalty to the, like erroneous loyalty to people that are just not what you need and not what you want and I've watched and Dame him, a lot. Of, and him too. I mean, Dame, yeah, it's blind and loyalty. It's it, and, in a lot of times, it's a true definition of blind loyalty, which in a lot of ways I can't be mad at because he got him 200-plus plus million dollars. I don't mad think at
0: it's him. blind. I don't think it's blind loyalty. I just think sometimes it
1: looks that way because it's like that's my dog. And it's like, but he's not good.
0: Yeah, but that's just who he is. <laughs> uh, uh, that's just who Dame is. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's gonna go through that grind with you. And like, if you go through the grind with Dame, like. He's rocking with you mm-hmm. through and through with if the if the ship sink, the ship sink. If we if we have our high moments and we flying high, we flying high, but he he rocks with who he grinds with. I don't think that's a matter of him not knowing that this probably ain't going to be the answer for you to win, brother. I think it's yeah, he more knows. so him. he, knows. he, knows. <laughs> he <laughs> knows. Like like he ain't I ain't going to get in yeah. that. You know, he knows He's what he can and what he can't win yeah. with. He just believes that hey, I, I'm a roll with who I'm with, who I'm rolling with, and that's just who I am in my DNA. That's just my Man. nature, and and I can live with that on a personal level level beyond just basketball and the results that we get on the floor. And I can respect that. Uh, he's thorough in that regard, um, so I could I could wholeheartedly respect it. But yeah, I, again, I don't think it's a matter of this team not having pieces. Like I, I want to say that. Like there has been times in the past where it's like, oh yeah, they just ain't got the pieces. I just don't know if those pieces have figured they out have how to mold around yet. him. You know what they, I mean? They like glued they got to mold around him. And as as Chauncey was developing a lot of pieces last season, those pe- those pieces were being developed with him not being there. And so now they've got to adapt to him being there, which is a, a huge adaptation that you have to make and once they figure out how to help him win basketball games because he is the centerpiece in all of this. I think they'll get to rolling. So I think they'll be fine. But that's all we got for y'all today, man. I'm going to celebrate my birthday. I'm not, I'm not staying in this Pull studio up. for two hours and yeah, let's, I let's ain't go. doing that today. Let's I got, go, man. And I got a lot of... Man, I'm saving my voice, man. I got, I'm going to be celebrating. I'm going to be broadcasting. I'm going to have a raspy voice on the broadcast you're three nights like, in a row. You're sound like be, Louis man. Armstrong on I'm going to be morning, having though. a good time. I got a lot going on. But appreciate y'all sticking with us through 200 episodes Let's shoot for 200 more. Yeah. And on that note, we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how. That is to stay woke and go in.